Kai A. Kreusel. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the CC4 Museum of Welsh Cricket Podcasts. I'm Stephen Hedges. This week, we bring you the next episode in our series, Where Are They Now?, where we talk to ex-Glamorgan first-class cricketers. This week, it's the turn of Jeff Ellis. Jeff, a native of Landudno, made his first-class debut for the county in 1970. Primarily a batsman, but also a tidy medium-paced bowler, he scored 3,759 runs and took 64 wickets in a career that ended in 1976. Jeff has continued to play club and representational cricket since, most recently featuring in the Wales over-60s team. Our Jan Gray chatted to him about his early days, playing for Glamorgan and what's happened since. Okay, so we're here with Jeff Ellis and we're going to ask him about his uh, cricketing career and his life in and outside of cricket. So, hi Jeff, thank you very much for joining us. Pleasure, absolute pleasure. So, could you tell us about your your early life and how you ended up getting into cricket? I was always very sports-minded, came from a very humble background, terraced house, no inside toilet, nine people living in a three-bedroom terraced house. And so everybody just wanted to play football. And then um, just basically playing in the streets, it got to a stage where they couldn't get me out. And so they'd stop playing. I thought, well, so as luck would have it, there was a woodwork teacher in John Bright Grammar School where I went. Friday afternoon, I was there just sort of, I think we were doing tech drawing. And a sixth former came in and said, oh, sorry, sir, I can't play tomorrow. So we looked around the room and I was playing in the rugby team and the football team. And so he just said, uh, Ellis, you're a sportsman. Um, you're playing cricket tomorrow. Hmm. I said, uh, sir, I said, I haven't got whites. He said, that's all right. White shirt, grey trousers, you'll do fine. And I went and I played against Friars, which was the grammar school in Bangor, because I was a North Whalier. I got 16. I went in about number seven. I hit four fours. And so coming back, and of course, all the rest of the team were six formers, and I was in form two. <laughs> so I felt awkward. I didn't have anybody to talk to, really, because I didn't want to talk to a second former. And anyway, H.H. Uh, Hughes, his name was, and Woody said to me, um, come and see me on Monday morning. So I was thinking, well... I, I did it for you. I, I did my best. That's all. Anyway, when I came to see him, he um, he gave me a book, the MCC Coaching Manual, which was a book with the, the old yellow and red edging. He said, you study that. He said, because you can be good at this game and you were going to play in a second team for the rest of the season. So, obviously, ego, you know, second former, I'm going to be playing with sixth formers all the time. And then um, we played a public school for midweek, um, HMS Conway, which was a school in Anglesey for people with naval backgrounds and things. He said, you played in the first team. So that was a big step up. And I got 20 odd, I suppose. So then I stayed in the first team then till the end of the season. And then the next season, I got in the team. I was also then playing in a junior side in Clandidno Cricket Club. So I was playing a lot. I had a good coach there as well, Rennie Clay, who had been a Glamorgan second 11 player. And he spent some time with me. To, and between them, um, 
I got into a stage whereby by form three or four, I was the best player in the first team. And so I was put forward for a trial for the Wales under 18s. I got in the side, didn't do very well in the beginning, but they persevered with me. As a lot of boys I played with said, you're the token North Whaley and you'll stay in the side anyway. So uh, I played and then I got better then. And so I became the first Welsh boy to score 100 against England in an under-18 international. I scored 150 against Ireland. Um, I scored 200s against Glamorgan's second 11 in a trial game, which the Welsh schools used to have. And it was quite interesting then because the day that I had my 100, um, it was in North Wales in Colwyn Bay. And it was like the only time my dad had been able to come. My dad was a waiter and it was the only time he was able to come and see me. And Will Fuller was in charge then. And so Wilf met my dad and he said, you know, glad to see your son's doing well. And I was I was actually 80 odd not out at tea. And uh, so my dad said, well, I'm really pleased because he's going to Lancashire on Monday. Now, because I played in the North Wales League, Lancashire had taken notice of me. And so I was going on a season trial to Lancashire. I was booked in a hotel in Blackpool. J.B. Wood was secretary there. So Wilf said to my dad, no, he's not. So my dad said, yeah, he is. He's booked in a hotel on Monday. And Wilf said, uh, no. Anyway, in the, in the tea interval, Margaret, who was the secretary in the office in High Street in Cardiff, phone call for Jeff Ellis. I answer it. Hello. Oh, hello. It's Margaret here. Um, you booked in to the Central Hotel in Cardiff. Uh, Sunday night and Bill Clift will pick you up at nine o'clock. You're playing against Somerset and Gloucester because they had a combined second 11 side there um, in Taunton. So I said, well, I'm sorry, but I'm going to Lancashire on Monday. She said, no, no, we've already contacted Lancashire. You're not going to Lancashire. You're playing for us for the rest of the season. And so I played that whole season then in the second 11, Brian Davis used to open with me. And there's Chalk and Cheese, a great player, and me. <laughs> and the first game in that game, him and I put on 127 for the first wicket. And he was 114 not out when he got out. And I had about 10. <laughs> it, was, it was a real eye-opener. They used to crowd me. And then everybody had to spread out when Brian was facing. What you have to remember as well, when I played, there was no money in it. You know, I think the best contract I ever had was about £4,000, £5,000. But when you think that the best contract Viv Richards had from Somerset was £15,000, it puts things in perspective. And my mum and dad weren't happy about that. And there were lots of boys who couldn't play county cricket because they couldn't afford to play. 1970, I made my debut when I made, I played 10 matches then and we finished second. The next season, we finished third because we, we just had a really good side. You know, we had um, Alan Jones would open and I would go in with him. Then Majid Khan, Tony Lewis, Peter Walker, Brian Davis, you know, a very, we probably had the strongest batting lineup in the, in the county championship. 
They were very, very strong. And it was quite funny, really, because the first innings was 100 overs. And so Alan and I would open, and sometimes we'd be about 80, 90, sometimes 100 for none at lunch. And so I would always have a shower between going back out. And Tony Lewis used to come in then, because obviously about 30 overs had been. So he'd say, well done, Jeff. He said, um, when you go back out there now, don't be afraid to play your shots, because I used to block it. <laughs> and uh, and uh, I knew exactly what he was saying was, look, we've got Magic Khan, myself, <laughs> Peter Walker, Brian Davis. We don't need you blocking it for another 20 overs. So get on with it. And and I that was my job. Get 20 or 30, take the shine off the new ball, and then let the players play. And then I was into cricket then, and I played for about the next 10 years, 12 years. How did you um, balance your uh, teaching and your cricket through those years? Well, I was very lucky in that uh, Pannoni House School was just opening and they wanted really a part-time PE teacher. I would work in the winter in Pannoni um, and then in the summer, um, I don't know if you remember a chap called Billy Slade, who was a very good cricketer and played for Glamorgan. He was able, he was a qualified cricket coach and so he would take the boys I think it was something like three afternoons a week for cricket. And that basically covered the amount of sport that they would have in the school. And Slady would cover me for the cricket season and then I would go back there. And then when, when I finally finished with cricket, I went teaching in Fanoni full time then. And what would you say were your, uh, your favourite memories, your most memorable moments playing for Glamorgan? Um, if I'm totally honest, I think that the most memorable moments... I was lucky enough to play against the very best players in the world, Viv Richards, Barry Richards, you know, and they, they were very humble people. They would always find time to come and talk because um, I bombard Barry Richards with, you know, <laughs> how do you do this? And what do you think about when you're standing at the crease? Because as a coach said, when you get taken on the staff, they basically... Um, only make minor changes to your suit. You know, they tell you, you have a system that would succeed. And so if we didn't think that, we wouldn't bring you on the staff. But there are three things I always remember Phil used to say, concentration, application of your talent and dedication. And that if you fail on any of those three, then you don't make it. It's not like a club cricketer has a good game, Look forward to next Saturday. And then if he fails on a Saturday, only a week before he gets another go. With this, it's every day. And every day you have to perform. Because it used to annoy me, I suppose, in the beginning. But people either slag you off or say you're the best thing since sliced bread. And I remember um, one time I was um, on the front page of the Daily Mail because I... Uh, as I was walking off in Gloucester, we played Gloucestershire at Lydney in a Sunday league and we bowled them out quite cheaply and we were winning the game. I was run out. And so I was really annoyed. And so I slammed my bat in, walking in, and the Gloucester uh, supporters and that started giving me a bit of jip as I'm coming off. So I took my glove off and I flicked them a V. At the time, Harvey Smith, I don't know if you remember, Harvey Smith, very famously at Hickstead, 
had done that to some selectors or something. And so what the headline was, um, uh, Ellis throws a Harvey Smith at Gloucester members. Till then, <laughs> I was really, I had to send a letter of apology to the Gloucester Cricket Club, a letter of apology to the chairman of the Gloucester supporters, a letter of apology to Wilf Glamorgan. Um, I think I said to do it, Tom Cobley and all, you know. And then Peter Walker told me a good thing, you know. He said, these people paid to come and see you. That gives them the right to decide what they think of you. And then he said, do you criticise the footballers and the rugby players on the telly? Yeah, and that's exactly what they do to you. And so I always realised that the criticism is always, generally, it was deserved in my case. <laughs> you know, But, um, yeah, they have every right to do the criticism. Playing against Viv Richards, best player, in my opinion, ever. He always played for the side. So that if he thought they had enough runs, and generally, after they got about 200, they had enough because they had Roberts, Holding, Garner and Croft coming in. And they just used to beat everybody, generally in about three days. Um, but he was great, you know. He would always talk about positive attitude and, you know, those sort of things. My own highlights, I suppose, I scored a championship 100 against Middlesex. And they had uh, four test bowlers in it then. Bill Edmonds played, Titmus played. John Price played, and that was a big, big deal. I only scored one, and so you do remember it. Um, and then I scored 90, 98, not out, I think it was 98, not out, against Yorkshire in the Sunday League, which was the highest score by a Glamorgan player in the Sunday League. Obviously, the thing you remember most as an opening bat is um, facing the West Indies quickies, because that was scary. That scar there, <laughs> that's where, well, it was an England quickie. Uh, Ken Shuttleworth, who opened for England when they won the Ashes in Australia. And Lancashire had uh, Lever and Shuttleworth, who both opened for England. And they were really quick. But when we played, we had uncovered wickets, no helmets. Every team had a really quick bowler. And so that's the sort of thing that sticks in your mind. And it's always one of the questions where if I'm having a drink with my mates in the golf club, what was it like facing him? What was it like facing him? I said, terrifying. <laughs> I said, yeah, you didn't used to just think, how am I going to score runs? You used to think, how am I going to make sure I don't get pinned? <laughs> and that was the first thing that crossed your mind. And it was reassuring for me is that I always used to think that, you know, because sometimes you'd turn up on a rain affected and the ball would take off. And, uh, you had to be really careful then. I was watching one of the test matches and they had a break and um, Atherton, Strauss and Ward were talking. And so Ward said, oh, the biggest step forward in, in cricket has been the new bats, how big they are, how far they can hit it and stuff like that. And both of them said, no, no, the biggest step forward in cricket is the helmet. They said, because I would have worn it they would have worn it. They said, because when you were facing these quickies, the first thing you were thinking about was, don't get hit. And I was thinking, well, if two of the best openers that ever played for England were thinking that, it reassured me that I wasn't the only one standing there thinking, I hope I don't get it. But those are the lovely memories I have. Met great people, really good fun. It was hard work, you know, because of things, like I said, you never knew what was going to happen the next day, you know. 
uh, we played Kent, just as an example, we played Kent and uh, they'd scored 300 odd on the Saturday. We were 60 odd for none. Rained on the Sunday because we went to Southampton to play a Sunday league and it was rained off and it rained in Kent. So when we started on the Monday morning, it was wet. Mm. And they had Derek Underwood and John Shepherd, the West Indies cookie. They bowled us out twice in about a day, you know, because the wicket was, well, really virtually unplayable. It was, they were just, and, and sometimes we got it where we batted, got a big score, it rained, it did a bit, and you beat them in two days. There was that element now covered all the time. It stays the same pretty much for everybody. It turns a little bit later on. And of course, it was only three days. So people did used to have to move it along a bit. That's lovely. Um, so after you stopped playing uh, cricket for Glamorgan, uh, what role did cricket play in your life? And I guess what also did you get up to for, since then? I finished playing county cricket and then I went into the South Wales League as a professional. Um, I think the first team I played for was um, Llanelli. I think they paid me £14. And the captain of Clinetley, Peter Jenkins, said it used to be called the ranch because I had to go to the clubhouse. I was living in Cardiff, but I had to go to the ranch. And then he came out and he used to smoke a pipe. And I'd asked for £14. <laughs> he came out and he went, well, I don't think anybody's worth what we're going to pay you. But yeah, we'll pay you £14, <laughs> which was a great start. And the following season, I was thinking, bloody, I hope I have a good season. Um, and then... Uh, I played for them, I played for Skewing, but then I got into Swansea's. Uh, Bill Edwards uh, got me to go and play in Swansea and I stayed there then for about 12 years, I suppose. Uh, Proin played with, we had Richie Richardson came. There were a lot of other good lads who used to come and play. So I think we won the championship four or five times. Really enjoyed it. Great bunch of lads to play with, lovely place to play. Very disappointed that Glamorgan don't play there much more now. But I understand the finances and the new ground and you've got to you've got to pay for what you've got, really. But it is disappointing to cricket followers in West Wales that they don't really get the opportunity to see Clam as often as they used to. Schooling, I was teaching. And then because it was a small private school, I realised that it couldn't just keep going because it was moderate salary. It wasn't as much as I would have got if I'd been in a big comprehensive school. And a friend of mine then suggested, why don't you become a mental rep? Because I'd worked a bit in selling for a friend of mine up in North Wales who made sweets. And, I, and I'd enjoyed going around the sort of sweet shops and selling this sort of Welsh rock and Welsh things that he made. So had an had a couple of interviews, got a job with... Um, Dufa, Dutch Pharmaceuticals was the first company I worked for. So then I got headhunted by a bigger drug company, BMS, who had the first um, ACE inhibitor, which is a thing for high blood pressure and was a massive step forward. So that, so then I worked for them then for 25 years. Um, it's a great job. Sales were good. So it was a great job. It's hard work if you're under pressure. People supported me really well. I was working for a big company who sold really good drugs. And during that time then, I there was plenty of time with medical repping and, and they did understand because um, 
I captained the second 11 for Glamorgan about four years after I finished for a year, which I enjoyed very much. Um, but then I became uh, captain of the Wales uh, amateur side. Um, and then we got into the minor counties, the Irish Cricket uh, Association. They had the Gillette Cup and had a game against the overseas tourists. And Scotland were allowed into the Benson and Hedges, which meant that they got a minimum of about four or five, maybe more games against county sides. And that generated the funds then. And Wales basically didn't have anything because their money went to Glamorgan. But then they decided, uh, the ECB decided that we could go into the minor counties. And by going into the minor counties, we did then get some funding to develop cricket. And I did that for about 10 years, I suppose, which was good. Did a landmark. I was the first Welsh player to score 100 in the minor counties against uh, Wiltshire at Usk. And that was all good fun. Really enjoyed all that. And then I'm starting to get really old then. And so I just kept playing club cricket. And I played club, club cricket till I was 60. And, uh, and I was playing then for, I played for Wales over 50s. And we got to the final of the national over 50s competition. Then I played for Wales over 60s. And that was good fun. And now I'm in the process of thinking about playing for Wales over 70s because I just love cricket. And funnily enough, I'm just on a, ref well, I'll be just on a refresher course because I'm going to go back and do some coaching with Mumbles Cricket Club, the club that I finished with, to help the sort of younger, better batsmen, just rather than just technique, more about how to build an innings, how to be successful, when to give the bowler the benefit if he's bowling in a good over and staying in. Because generally in club cricket, people get themselves out. They make a poor decision rather than a great ball. Everybody gets one or two of them a season, but the rest of the time they played a bad shot. And it's really establishing that if they want to get on, you have to stop that. You have to become much more controlled and Consistency in cricket is absolutely crucial because there's a lot of people. The biggest difference between those who make it and those who don't, then? The biggest difference, yeah, I do. I think that the people who make it really think about it more. Think about what, what they have to do to get to the top. Cook was the last one who obviously was the best example of it, but Atherton, Strauss, those people I've mentioned, Jeff Boycott. All these people, consistency was their byword. And unless you have that su success, you're quickly forgotten in cricket. So just as a, a, a finishing thought, what do you think, um, what role has cricket played in your life as a whole? What's, what's its lasting legacy been on your life, do you think? The legacy for me, I think, was that it doesn't matter where you come from, because nobody would have thought from my background that I would have ended up playing cricket, walking out at Lords, being asked if I want to be a member of the MCC. <laughs> Nobody would. And it did. My mother always used to say to me, you know, whatever you want to achieve in life, you can. 
but you can't achieve it without hard work. Just one little example. I didn't used to go out on a Friday night, even when I was just playing for school or, or thingy. And I would dress up, put all my gear on. I had a full length mirror in my room and I would play an innings and score 100. And I would change the bowlers quicks and I would move my where I stood in my crease. And I always felt the next day that I was prepared then. And that sort of preparation then just teaches you that lesson that if you prepare properly, performance is good and life is good. That's why so many people love cricket. It is an escape. It is a, and it's not for an hour. It's a day. And generally, you know, people's behavior is good. It's, it's just a brilliant game in life. Both my sons play cricket. My grandson is just starting. He's just starting with the under sevens in Penarth Cricket Club. And, you know, I keep in touch and make sure that he's practicing. <laughs> and, you know, and Jonathan has to bowl at him all the time. And, and, and that's the sort of thing, you know, I just think that it gives you a goal. It gives you an aim. You know, lots of the problems you see now these days is aimless people who don't see any light at the end of the tunnel. I mean, we're coming to the end of coronavirus. But in life, generally, there are so many people who don't see any light anywhere. And that's what sport does for you. Sport gives you an aim, a goal in life. It gives you camaraderie. You know, it makes sure that you're not lonely. You know, I'm grateful for all the people that I played with and, and all the people I played against and round with. But it does give you um, a perception in life that, you know, it's a great place to be. The alternative's terrible, anyway. <laughs> No, I think that's a really, that's a really lovely and a hopeful sentiment to end on. So thank you very much for your time. Pleasure. I enjoyed it. Thanks very much. Many thanks to Jeff for giving up his time. And we'd like to wish him a belated happy 70th birthday for earlier this week. Thanks to Jan, as always, for allowing our guests the space to tell their story. Join us next week when we'll be interviewing Roger Skirm, dressing room attendant for the last 21 years at Glamorgan County Cricket Club. He will no doubt be giving us some more stories about the great game of cricket in the great country of Wales. Oilval, bye for now. Gyda chi stori yw'r rhan i gyda ni. Mae croeswch chi gysylltu. E-bosiwch mwcpod1921 at gmail.com Neu ewch i'n tudalu'n Facebook, Museum of Welsh Cricket Podcast. Neu i'n tudalu'n Twitter, at Welsh Cricket Pod. Do you have a story you'd like to share with us? If so, please contact email mwcpod1921 at gmail.com or go to our Facebook page, Museum of Welsh Cricket Podcast, or our Twitter, at Welsh Cricket Pod.